Welcome to Season 4 of the Canon Podcast. My name is Alex. Journey with me as we explore the walking out of our faith and worship in the culture that we live in. Okay, let's do this. I spent my first 40 years with an inkling that there was something more. I didn't find it in money or career or people or even material possessions. I really felt like I'd spent 40 years walking away. No, it was much more like running away as fast as I could. It wasn't until I found the good news of the gospel in my early 40s that I realised that I wasn't seeking truth as much as I was seeking pleasure. Faith, finding me, has changed everything. I've got 40 years of catch-up. Journey with me as we dig deep into culture, faith and worship. Okay, let's go. The Canon Podcast is a work in progress. We're exploring and discerning how to best use this podcast medium to share the good news of Jesus and at the same time have something to say that helps us all to become better disciples. In this season of the canon, we're going to follow along as we walk with Jesus through the eyes of Matthew. Now, you can really help us out by tuning in and getting involved just by liking, sharing and leaving us a comment. Interacting with us in this way makes all all the difference in our ability to reach more people with the good news of the gospel. And of course, it's totally free. So go ahead and help us out. So we're going to continue on in Matthew, uh, Matthew 3, uh, verse 11 uh, to 17. I'm reading as I like to from the English Standard Version. There are, of course, other good versions you can read from. It's, uh, I don't know if you find this in church when you've, you've got a, a particular translation open. And then um, the reading happens at the front in a different translation. It can be difficult sometimes to keep keep track. I wonder whether you've noticed that. Because there are certainly differences in the way that language is presented in different translations. But this is the English Standard Version. I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. And then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized you by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. as a new believer and perhaps even now I I still marvel at the the coherence of the story of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation that through 66 books and some 3,000 years and multiple writers have this kind of coherent story nonetheless a story of uh, creation and the good creation of fall and then of God's rescue mission of his plan for redemption for his not just his people but for his his world also um, and we come now to Jesus God's son incarnate in the world showing us not just how to live and, and, and what to do but injecting himself God injecting himself into our world so that we could come to know and build a right relationship with him 
Because remember, God is holy. You know, the start of the Lord's Prayer, our Father in heaven, not our Father, you know, uh, living next door, but our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Remembering that hallowed means holy, and holy means entirely set apart. A different category to us altogether. Unknowable in any in any kind of concrete sense, isn't it? I think that's one of the mysteries of theism, of Christianity, of being a believer in God. And I suspect because of that, Jesus comes into the world as a man, fully human, fully God, fully man, so that we could come to know him. We could have access to the Father through the Son. Not to everything, but to the things that we need to know in order to understand who Jesus is, that we can come into relationship with him, that we can come back through his salvation mission to bring us back into relationship with him, and not by some divine act of uh, uh, you must do it this way, but God says, "Hey, here's an opportunity. Here's free will. Here's the op- option for you to love." Um, and of course, the flip side of love is some is that you can hate, you can turn away from, to turn towards the darkness. So God doesn't force us like robotically into a relationship with Him, although He seeks a relationship. It's not for His benefit isn't entirely for ours. And here we have Jesus coming down to the Jordan. You know, we've been talk we talked about John preparing the way a couple of weeks back. And here comes Jesus. And John says, Remember, I baptize you with water for repentance, for the repentance of sins. But there's someone coming after me who is even mightier than I. And I love this picture, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. Now you've got to remember, sandals in those days would have been caked in all sorts of um, you know, perhaps camel poo and <laughs> dirt and mud and who knows what else. So he's not even worthy to pick up those encrusted, muddy, filthy sandals. This one that's coming is too holy, too set apart, even for that. And while John says that he baptizes in water, he says that the one to come will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And there's something terrifying about that. We can understand being baptized in water, but can you picture being baptized in the Holy Spirit and with fire. And he says that with his winnowing fork in his hands, as John talking about Jesus, he will clear the the threshing room floor. Remember, a winnowing fork is one of those forks. Winnowing means to blow away, like wind blowing the chaff away, like that. So he's picking up uh, the wheat and the chaff with the fork. The heavier chaff, the good, sorry, the heavier wheat falls to the ground. The lighter chaff is blown away, collected and burned in the unquenchable fire. And this idea of of quenching or uh, renewing or destroying in fire is really important. This kind of idea is like a refiner's fire. And remember when someone's creating um, a, a metallic object, the metal is, 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 is heated so that it's so hot that it becomes molten. And part of that heating process is to get rid of any impurity. So you're just left with that metal. But boy, what an incredible heat that takes to be able to, to A, melt that solid metal, and B, to remove the impurities. And here John is saying, the one that will come with his winnowing fork will separate the chaff from the, from the good grain. His good grain, the chaff will be collected and burnt in the unquenchable fire. So I think what's really happening here is that John is setting the stage for Jesus to come. He's saying, right now, I'm preparing the way. I'm one just calling out in the wilderness, preparing the way. 
for the Messiah who is to come. And here comes Jesus, the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So John is really setting the stage for this for, for Jesus to arrive. And this really marks that pivot point of Jesus' uh, public ministry. Up until now, we don't know a lot about Jesus. Obviously, we have uh, the nativity story um, and leading up to that with Mary and Joseph and the angels and John the Baptist himself, um, his, his, uh, his birth, we don't have much in between. And suddenly we have John appearing, eating locusts and wild honey and wearing camel, camel hair jodhpurs perhaps. <laughs> I might have made the jodhpurs bit, bit up, but you can understand something, something quite unusual. And here he's preparing the way for Jesus, and now Jesus comes. And it's almost, it certainly seems like John realizes who Jesus is, because then Jesus came from Galilee to John to be baptized by him. And John really didn't want to do it. You can imagine, here's the Son of God, you know that you've been taught, you've been um, reading, reading the Jewish scriptures all your life, you've, you've heard of the coming Messiah, um, you may ha- have even an inkling that you are part of preparing that way. He certainly seems to. And now here is Jesus presenting himself to be baptized by John. And I was wondering about what this means, but I, I got to think that when Jesus, when God injects himself into our world, he's got to take himself out of heaven and become a man on earth. It really is a lowering of the second person of the Trinity. He comes in to be a man. So this is part of that where God is uh, stooping down to our level. It's quite a remarkable thing. There's really no other, uh, as far as I can understand, no other religion which has God stooping to our level so that we could come into relationship with him. And yet here's Jesus being baptized by John. And John's like, whoa, 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 no, I'm not even worthy to pick up your sandals which are covered in, in filth and muck. And you want me to baptize you? Jesus says, I need to be baptized by you. Let it be so, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. So Jesus is lowering himself as a man and as God to be baptized by John so that we come to, could come to know him. But it doesn't end there, does it? Because when Jesus is baptized, immediately he went up out of the water and behold, the heavens were open to him. I can only imagine what that would have been like to have been there. And he saw the Spirit of God descending on him and then a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved son, this Jesus that you have baptized in the water as you have everybody else is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. So Jesus comes and is baptized in water by John and lowered as man. And then God the Father comes and raises him up and shows to John and anyone who is there that Jesus is God's son with whom he is well pleased. It's an incredibly powerful image of God coming into our world as man and the Father reminding us through John, this is my son, this is the son of God. There is no ambiguity here. This is my son with whom I am well pleased. But what does it mean for us that Jesus is baptized? Well, I think that Jesus' baptism here is an outward recognition that he is a part of this community and that he is showing us a way. Remember, Jesus is the model. He's the model human for us, the sinless human, fully man and fully God. And we are to follow him, he says. To be my disciple, to follow me, you must pick up your cross and follow me. 
And that means if baptism in water is good enough for Jesus at the hands of John the Baptist, with his camel hair outfit, his wild locusts and wild honey, then certainly baptism is good for us. And baptism, I think, is an outward sign. And it's one of those things that's been argued about for centuries within the church and without. What is it? When to do it? Who should do it? I don't want to talk so much about that today. What I want to point out is that Jesus was baptized in water by John. He comes to baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with fire to separate the chaff from the good grain. But baptism for us is an outward sign that we are prepared to follow Jesus into the water. We are prepared to follow him into death if necessary and to be reborn, to be born anew as followers of Jesus, as Christians. And that's very challenging, I think, because Jesus offers new life. He offers rebirth. He says, you've got to be born again, not from your mother's womb, but you've got to be born again by the Holy Spirit, by putting your faith and your trust in Jesus. Jesus comes and is baptized by John in the River Jordan. Jesus is our example, our exemplar, our model. If we're to follow him, then we need to follow him with our cross. We need to carry that cross. We need to follow him into the water. In a sense, we need to follow him into the grave and allow him to trust in him to raise us to new life, to birth us again, renewed and refreshed, a new being, a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen to that. What a wonderful message. Lord, I just thank you for uh, I thank you for tonight, and I thank you for your word, and I thank you for your son. I thank you for all that you have done and do for us. I thank you for everyone listening. I pray, Lord, that hearts would be touched tonight, not through my words, but through the words of Scripture and through uh, the evidences of your son and his baptism in the Jordan by John the Baptist, his cousin, his earthly cousin, that we can become heirs to his kingdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Canon Podcast. We look forward to speaking with you again next time. Until then, God bless you and bye for now. Mm-hmm.